Good morning, Graceway. Today is Friday, November 1st, and this is Charles from the Morning Bible Study Teaching Team. And this is Amelia. Today we're continuing our journey through the Gospel of Mark with chapter 11, 12 through 25. Here Jesus curses a fig tree and cleanses the temple. We'll read from the NRSV, but if you want to, you can follow along in any version you like. Amelia, take us away. Mark 11, 12 through 25. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to it to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Then they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priests of the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. And if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, It will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So, what's up with the fig tree? Uh, Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Not surprisingly, since the early church, interpreters have been not just puzzled, but worried about this passage. Cursing the fig tree is the only violent or destructive miracle in the canonical Gospels. Taken at face value, Jesus' action seems totally arbitrary. So, from the beginning, interpreters have tried to find an allegorical or ethical meaning to this passage. And they're clearly right. This passage cries out to be interpreted symbolically. Well, we should be careful about that, right? I remember from college uh, that some of the early church fathers had pretty wild allegorical interpretations of the Bible. Like, they read mundane Old Testament passages as being about Jesus' marriage to the church or the soul's journey to God. It seems like they had a predetermined message and they imposed it on the biblical stories. So how do you avoid doing that if you're going to decide to read the story symbolically? Yeah, that's the right question. My point isn't that we should impose a symbolic interpretation on Jesus' cursing of the fig tree because we want to find some other meaning in it, but that Mark prompts us to read this story symbolically. He tells it in that sort of way. Okay. What about this story suggests that we should understand it symbolically? Well... For one thing, we know that Old Testament prophets often performed actions that had symbolic significance. 
For example, one prophet runs up to the king and tears apart his cloak to illustrate how Israel will be torn apart. Hosea even marries a prostitute to symbolize Israel's unfaithfulness. So, since part of Jesus' ministry involves being a prophet, it makes sense for him to perform symbolic actions like Old Testament prophets. But more importantly, this passage just doesn't make any sense if we take it at face value. Jesus seems to get angry at a tree for not having any fruit. Then he curses it. That seems petty, especially since Mark notes it's not the season for figs. Why would Jesus do this? And why would Mark bother to tell us about this if it's just a story of Jesus getting mad at a tree? But Mark doesn't just tell us about it. He emphasizes it to us. Notice how he's careful to state that the disciples heard Jesus curse the tree and then that Peter remembered the curse the next day once the tree had withered. Mark is drawing our attention to this story for a reason. That connects with something else I noticed about this passage. Mark sandwiches the cleansing of the temple between Jesus cursing the fig tree and the disciples talking to Jesus about it. Earlier in our study of Mark, someone said that when Mark sandwiches one story in another, it's usually a sign that he wants us to interpret the two stories through one another. If so, Jesus cursing the fig tree is connected to his cleansing the temple. Exactly. Mark wants us to see Jesus as symbolically proclaiming judgment on the temple when he curses the fig tree. Here's the key fact that helps us see this. When Jesus is cleansing the temple, he says, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. That second line about making the temple a den of robbers is a direct quote from Jeremiah 7, 11. In that passage, Jeremiah is standing in front of the temple criticizing the religious leaders for ignoring the will of God, something Jesus implicitly does when he's cleansing the temple. But here's the crucial part. If you keep reading the speech in which Jeremiah calls the temple a den of robbers, the verse Jesus quotes, Jeremiah uses a withered fig tree as a metaphor for the religious leader's corruption. Here's the relevant verse. When I wanted to gather them, says the Lord, there are no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves are withered, and what I gave them has passed away from them. Jeremiah was announcing God's judgment on the first temple and its leaders. So by quoting that speech and then cursing the fig tree, Jesus is symbolically announcing God's judgment on the second temple and its leaders. Yep. Okay, so with that in mind, parts of the story make a lot more sense. The fig tree symbolizes the temple. Jesus comes up to the tree hungry. He's looking for fruit. In the Bible, fruit often symbolizes the good works and obedience that should result from faith, like the fruit of the Spirit. But Jesus doesn't find any fruit on the tree. He doesn't find faith and obedience in the temple. So he curses the tree, and he announces God's judgment on the temple. But I still don't understand why Mark says it was not the season for figs. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand either. I mean, it's literally true that when this happened, it wasn't the season for figs to have fruit. But presumably Mark has some symbolic reason for telling us this. Season is maybe a misleading translation. More literally, it's appointed time. Appointed by whom? Well, God. Mark is going to portray Jesus as, in effect, the replacement for the temple. So maybe Mark's point is that it's no longer the time for the temple in God's plan. 
but I'm not really sure. Hmm. Tricky. Something this story has made me think about is how sometimes the meaning of a biblical passage isn't straightforward on purpose. It needs to be mulled over, thought about deeply, and examined from different angles. If you think about it, that seems to be the point of Jesus' teaching in parables. They require reflection and engagement with what Jesus is saying. You have to work to grasp their meaning. That's part of their point. This story, too. What about you? What do you take away from this story? Well, it got me thinking about how significant it is that Jesus goes around criticizing the religious leaders. Jesus stands in a long line of Old Testament prophets who are called by God to critique Israel's religious institutions and practices. Today, there's a tendency for Christians to have an us-v-them mentality, where we feel like we must defend the church or religion from its contemporary critics. But maybe that's somewhat wrong-headed. God calls prophets to critique the religion of God's own people, and God became incarnate in one of those prophets— To me, that suggests that there's a constant danger that our religious life will become corrupt or idolatrous or unethical. So we should be self-critical and vigilant that our spiritual lives, our corporate worship, and our church institutions do not become fruitless like the fig tree. When we inevitably see such withering, the church is full of sinners after all, we should try to improve things. I think that's part of our call as Christians. All right, Graceway, that's it for this time. Join us again next Monday.